Harry Kane scored a very good point, to be fair. <laughs> Whether Southgate gets that combination right, I mean, taking off Saka last night looked a peculiar call, given how much he was getting out of Hernandez. With the players they have, they're going to get over that line at some stage. for France Kane proves unable as the three Lions go home and it's now up to the Atlas Lions to tame the world champions Diana McDonald was in Al Dan it's your fourth World Cup and the fourth time you've seen England exit they seem kind of happier although albeit they are still going home yeah I mean I'm trying to think yeah like you, it's only when you said it to me it's the, it's the fourth time you've seen England go out or the fourth World Cup you realise yeah you've, you've witnessed a certain amount of England trauma and he's probably go through it like 2020 2010 was um you know wayne rooney was probably shouting in the camera against algeria rob green's fumble against the usa um classic england you know getting caught up in the moment when john terry did one sort of brave diving header tackle mm-hmm. against slovenia uh and they think they're going to do a job on on a sort of vibrant germany side and they get they get hammered 2014 Actually played quite well against Italy in Manaus, but then lost, you know, lost to Uruguay, and that was it. The, the last game was Costa Rica dead rubber again, you know. And now there wasn't actually, yeah. there wasn't recriminations around Roy Hodgson at that stage because he, he got another, he got another crack, he got another campaign. Um, twenty eighteen was a semi final, yeah, and and that near miss, and 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 then you bring it forward to last night. Where Gareth Southgate said after they probably played as well as they ever have against the top nation under his yeah. watch, um, but they 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 sort of end up with the, the same result. I mean, they have just a like, an incredibly bad record in heavyweight clashes. You know, like they yeah. when, it come, when it comes to playing other perceived sort of top nations, tier one nations, or however you want to phrase it, um, in a sort of a really competitive. Uh, you know, major tournament sphere. Unless it's in England, um, yeah, they they lose, and um, I I I I feel like you know that 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 last night's game. I don't know what you thought. Like I, I thought in some ways it sort of had the personality of a final. I think there was a time when England thought they should be challenging on the basis of their name. But obviously didn't have a lot of the ingredients really to 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 challenge like the components of a team that would make it competitive. Yeah. Now it feels like they really have that. They have a reason to believe they probably should be winning tournaments or, or, or good enough to win tournaments. Last night probably strengthened that view in some ways. Um mm-hmm. but they're done. Um yeah. so it makes it a very difficult one for them to assess. But there's a different media vibe now. We touched on it with Dion in the preview. Um, there's not that sense to that desire. I don't think it works really now to to go after people, um, and yeah, there's more a sense of like disappointment than bitterness. Whereas like 2010, yeah. like was bitterness rather than disappointment. Yeah, yeah, they feel a little bit to me like you know the way golfers would be that. You know, they finish second and third and fourth in majors. They have chances and they don't quite get there. You know, a, a team that just, they need one tournament and they could possibly go on and win another one or two. You know, they've been so long without one that they just found a way 
they were really good in the second half last night. They had all the momentum and then little five minute switch off and they had a warning with that with that shot from from Giroud that Pickford saved. And you thought, okay, they've got away with that. That's their warning. They're going to step it back up again. Suddenly, a brilliant ball in by Griezmann. Even even the goal, they're unlucky. Like it comes off Harry Maguire and goes in, and then they're presented with a chance to get back into it. And it's just that thing. It it, it sounds a strange thing to say about tournament football that France been world champions. It, it was. It was just that little bit of I don't know, a little bit of experience, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of calmness or something that. France have been overrun in the first 25 minutes of that half and they just kept themselves in the game, kept themselves in the game. You know, we'll get a chance, we'll get a five-minute spell and they did. And I guess that five-minute spell proved to be enough versus the other 50 minutes or 45 minutes of the second half that England just couldn't get. I mean, the golden chance comes and, and Kane sticks it over. The line on the ITV commentary was they needed Gary Lineker and they got Chris Waddle, which was, you know, some people Harsh. thought it was crass. I thought Harsh. it was quite a good line, but it, it, think, it, it, oh, on the moment, it, oh, oh. I thought, like, I mean, I, I think the Lineker reference been the second penalty, you know, against Cameroon and the difficulty of the second penalty. But look, it's one of those oh, things, okay. I'm sure. Okay. The commentary, like, that, that, that was the reference I took about in terms of, you know, the difficulty of taking the second penalty against Cameroon as, as Lineker did. And he smashed it down the middle and he's spoken since about how it's so rare to get a second penalty that his brain was almost not Freud, but there were so many thoughts going through his head and he just thought to himself, right, I'm just going to smash it down the middle and, and, and he did and he scored. In Kane's case, look, I don't know if he's trying to be too exact or, or, or whatever. Um, it's fractional. And that's what you talk about, you know, technique. It goes way over the bar. That's that's the difference between of an inch of, of where he strikes the ball. Instead of going flying into the top corner, it goes flying over the bar and they're gone. And, you know, you look at them and... They have an awful lot of talent coming through, but then so do Spain. And France are, you know, France will still be around very much so in a couple of years and four years. And it's just so difficult to win these to win these major tournaments because at some point, like the heavyweight, the heavyweight clash, you, you've got to land the knockout punch. Like, you know, if you're gonna take the boxing analogy, they possibly won on points last night. Mm. But, you know, they well, got Kane, knocked down and they couldn't get back up again. You know? Harry Kane scored a very good point, to be fair. Um, but <laughs> like, like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, that moment, like the moment of the Kane penalty. I mean, like the the atmosphere wasn't um, heaving in the stadium, right? Like, I mean, the, the one consequence of the, of the quarterfinal results is that you will have two good atmospheres in the semi-finals because Argentina are in one yeah. and Morocco are in the other. Um, but. I, I think I, I don't know the, the, to, to to sort of probably at home like you're listening to the commentary moments and stuff. I just feel very on that. I feel for Waddle a bit because like in recent years England haven't like demonised players for their penalty misses in the way they did previously. You know, like uh, yeah. Saka and Rashford aren't really remembered for their 2020 ones, whereas Pearl Waddle like 1990, it's like a remnant of a different era. And it's like oh no, yeah, here you are reminding um you know, whatever, however many people are watching of this, it's almost like a throwback to that sort of blame um, blame culture being associated with that penalty forever. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if yeah, Harry... I, mean, like, I, I wrote about this, like, you know, so they're not... Like, I think Kane will be probably haunted by this one for a while. They'll have all the 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 images the the sort of the memes or whatever to get you know various sort of graphics yeah. of, of it sent his way but I still feel maybe it might linger as long as like the Waddle one did will it be talked about in 30, 32 years maybe 
maybe not. But um, I I sort of still came away from last night and you know, sort of thinking of uh, angles maybe for like uh, to write for a Monday piece, and I'm probably coming around to the idea of doing something about. Like I think they're going to win one England, and I probably feel more more convinced of it now in a way by last night than than not. Um, you know, you still just have to look at their age profile of their team and the sheer volume of players. I know that Spain are are, are coming to a degree, um, but like look at France last night. I mean, they 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 use one sub like Kingsley Coleman. Like you look at the bench, English bench is stronger. The players they have to bring yeah. on. Like you look at the, the the number of top England players that are under the age of twenty five, whereas, um, like even with France, you know, they 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 have some very good young players, right? But but they're still, um, there's still a, a slight like look look how influential Giroud still is. Look how influential yeah. you know Griezmann still is. You know Giroud, okay, is there as an alternative to Benzema now? I know there's a couple of decent right. There's always going to be good players coming through. Yeah. He's Kunku. not your leader now as well. No, yeah. and Kunku is the 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 is is the the one young player that's missing through injury that everyone is is excited about in the striking department. But uh, and I mean Mbappe is still right. He's still incredibly young, but. I just look at the, the, the sheer volume of, of young players the under twenty five in the England squad when you think of sort of Rashford and Saka and Bellingham, like he's, he's exceptional. Declan Rice is still only what twenty three. Um, twenty three, yeah. Trent Alexander Arnold's under twenty five. Uh, and that's just applying a very crude sort of uh, measure to yeah. it. Um there's others as well and the experience they've accumulated Foden. I mean, oh my god, like you know, Foden. Foden yeah. Um and then you look at the likes of Reese James, who's injured, I think he's an excellent player, you know, so Okay, Kyle Walker's thirty-two, but Reese James is, is twenty-three. So, um, and I mean, you can look further down. Like they, they haven't felt the need to cap someone like Harvey Elliott, say, whereas other countries yeah. would have capped Harvey Elliott on the strength of what he was doing for Liverpool this year. So, they've got a lot of their stuff together at the underage level, but but effectively, like the Premier League wealth that exists has now been channeled towards player production at last, you know, yeah. and it's not scattergun. So I sort of feel like, and that's probably the piece I'm probably right in my in my head is it's almost like, okay, as Irish people, right? Just there's it's 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 again like that chat with Dion, like what's what's the gut feeling during the game? Like you can talk about how you should feel, and yeah. you may actually like the players and like the manager and not have a, you know, not revel in their misery maybe, but is there still that gut feeling when that penalty goes over the bar like that? Tell me how you feel when that happened, and and that's obviously how a lot of people, you know, there's, there's still a little sense of oh my god, this has happened to them again. Um, but I think there's an element of like reveling in that while you can, <laughs> like to a degree, yeah. because I just feel like uh, in the same way that the Premier League is now like a, a monster that it's seen off a lot of its rivals in terms of its you know its its muscle. As much as international football is pure, you know, you can't buy a team, can't buy a trophy. I think certain things probably level out over time. And with the players they have, they're going to get over that line at some stage. And maybe it's a Euros, maybe it's not a World Cup, but like it's yeah. some kind of tournament in the in the next decade. I feel, I feel like they have to, as much as like... You know, I tweeted about a little stat about the the teams they've beaten in World Cup knockouts last night, and then 
getting uh, quite quite uh, extensive feedback from various people around uh, <laughs> England who are informing me that Ireland have only beaten Romania in a knockout. I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, yes. We're still we're still actually celebrating it, but they don't realise that yeah. Ireland are still celebrating that. But I mean, England as a nation, uh, the the list of countries they've beaten in knockout games since 1966 for a powerful nation, and it's like. You know, Denmark, Ecuador, Senegal, Sweden, Paraguay, okay, Belgium from 1990 were probably the best. Cameroon, um, maybe the one other is eight of them. Sweden, I think. Um, and like you look at like Morocco in the last week, Spain and Portugal. Yeah. You know, like Croatia, what they've done. They've knocked Germany out of a World Cup. They've knocked Brazil out of a World Cup. They've knocked England out of the last World Cup. Like, they don't have these wins on their resume, but I feel like, Especially as like some of the better younger players that they have now are like are in like top club environments. They're going to get more practice at, at winning trophies, and it's got to translate yeah. to their team. I know it, yeah. center halves is an issue, right? There's you know there's, there's you can look at elements of their production line and raise questions, but I don't know what you you think. But I, yeah, I wonder with that where right like the the Champions League. I mean, Liverpool have won Champions League. City haven't, um, and. Mm. I think the some someone like Foden winning a Champions League would translate hugely into into a major competition for England. That kind of, as you said, the Premier League dominance is such that I think once they get over the line in the in the, in the Champions League with City, you've got a few more teams there that are probably they look like they're going to dominate that for the next four or five years as well. Whether they have enough to get over the line is they like they couldn't do it last year with Real Madrid. Um, similar to England where you know on paper they had a lot of players who were better than their opponents for various I mean City getting knocked out by Madrid last year for the vast majority of the game they were better but they couldn't get over the line it kind of reminded me of that a bit last night where it's just a knockout punch that's that's that was missing um they are producing a lot of players they're producing a lot of the same player is the only that is sort of true. thing that you'd say that is true where you'd have you look at that kind of three behind Harry Kane, and you have, you know, Saka, Foden, Mount. I think, I think Mount is the oldest of those, and he's twenty three. Yeah. You've Connor Gallagher. You've Neil Smith Rowe, yeah. who's not in in the all these guys that are very very young. And, um, okay, Rice is there, Bellingham's there. They're going to be the two midfielders for a long time. Uh, but it's they're definitely the uh, the recriminations aren't there simply because the hope is there for the future now. Where whether Southgate gets that combination right, I mean, taking off Saka last night on certainly from the screen, whether it looked from watching on TV looked a peculiar call, um, given it, it, how much he was getting out of Hernandez. But whether his whether his numbers were down in terms of sprints and all that, you, you don't know. You don't know. They have access to data that obviously we don't. So, but it did. And Ian Wright was the only one who slightly alluded to it as a potential kind of criticism. But everything else was, you know, we've done great and we're a bit unlucky. Yeah, no, I think you could say that was definitely um, questionable call. But I'm trying to think. I mean, so the the Saka because they brought on Mount, right? It was Mount and Sterling, wasn't it? Was that that substitution? I'm sort of having a. I'm sure it was all a bit sort of manic in my my head here because they yeah brought, I think they I brought think on Sterling, Grealish Sterling and Rashford on. later on. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like you know, like they did make that double sub. All I'm saying from Sergei's perspective is like they made a double sub immediately after conceding, and like one of the players that come on as part of the substitution did then win a penalty like straight away, you know, and um, 
and if Kane mm-hmm. scores, that, it, that was that was Mount for Henderson was was one yeah. in front of Bristol. Okay, yeah, so Sterling you know, for Saka a little bit less so. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I love. I, mean, like, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's a valid criticism, right? But it, it's it's still a small bit of a reach. Like, I mean, Sterling did in his time on the pitch. He had one or two little darts down the right, like, and mm-hmm. and it could have led to something. And as I said, like the mount change, um, like resulted in a penalty. But I, I understand, I understand the criticism. Like the second one, I mean. Like he is so measured. Like he doesn't want to get. Like we haven't mentioned the referee yet, for example. Yeah. Which you know, which which maybe other people might have sort of seized on that as a distraction or deflection technique. He he refuses to do that. Like he gives a very sort of mature answer about his future mm-hmm. in a sense, very nuanced about I don't want to make decisions now. Like you know, he's speaking more about the the mental load of going again rather than the wanting to go again. It's knowing the demands of it and it does like make you more sympathetic to him. And I think the room is very sympathetic to him. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's just skillful media management as well too, right? Like to be totally cynical about it. But um, yeah. I suppose the question is, and this is, I mean, this is, I suppose, any country and their, you know, and their managerial position. It, there's a case of, okay, um, do you think this manager is the one that's best suited to these players, you know, having been sort of, you know, part of their evolution or is it an absolute given? that someone else will yeah. come in and improve this because there, there might be a little bit more um, a, a higher level coach in the sense of how they might be perceived in a, in a club category, you know, and that's, yeah. that's the thing, like in a way, right? Like I'm, I'm a little bit torn over this one myself in the sense of like, I think like Southgate is a big part of like their success. I know Gary Breen will touch on this in his column. He thinks that Gary Breen's a big part of, sorry, Gary Breen thinks that Southgate is a big part of the, yeah. the, 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 the environment, like, you know, the unity that English teams didn't have, the sense of calm. If they were to say, um, decide not to go with Southgate or he was to decide himself not to, not to go, and they suddenly went for, say, and the names like, you know, a Pochettino or a Tuchel or something, and all of a sudden you have a yeah. big name coach um particularly Tuchel is more known as a quick hit impact guy say but but what if it doesn't uh click straight away and does it then become a little bit more toxic around them than it does around Southgate because yeah, there's a sense of that before yeah. we've had your foreign like we've given it to the foreign coach here but now all of a sudden it's not you know you're not delivering and and can that change the mood and, and remove a component that's that's helping them in some ways? And that's the it's the stick or twist, right? Like it's a it's a it's a sort mm-hmm. of a gambler's decision. It's like you know we 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 think that like right in the here and now this person might be the best, but this could be better. But if it's worse, like it could it could lose a part of the atmosphere that makes things p- pretty calm around them. But then is it too calm? Maybe do they need that now? Are they yes. are they are they are they high level enough performers that work for Pep and Klopp? Or you know and and demanding people who are perceived as more demanding that they can actually withstand it now. Whereas previously, like you did have. You know, big name managers come in, but there was maybe strong characters in the dressing room who didn't have the right attitude to respond to yeah. that. You know, so that's it's sort of very, very interesting one in some ways. Yeah, you obviously spent a lot of time there talking about England, probably because we won't get a chance to talk about them again. France yeah. will come back to. But speaking, you mentioned referees and uh, the, their performances. Pepe was uh, fairly damning about the referee in the Portugal and Portugal Morocco game, as if. As if the referee had been the one who missed the header from four yards to equalise it with a couple of minutes to go. It was utterly bizarre 
take on the game. Yeah, um, I, Portugal yeah. went home without really, you know, if, if you take England's positivity and how well they played, Portugal went home without. We keep coming back to boxing knowledge. I'm not sure why, but without landing a blow. Yeah, but it's almost as well. It's like um, the teams that like pummeled someone in the second round. It's like they 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 peaked too early. Like look at Brazil and Portugal, mm-hmm. like running up a number and then. And then it's sort of there's a breed of like a false sense of security, whereas like France, like are just humming along like a sort of a tournament team, you know, maybe not having played particularly well in any game necessarily. Um, and yet, you know, playing playing Morocco in a semi final where they'll be strongly fancied, but yeah, the referee stuff. Like I, I did think now, what so I was at the England France game, so I wasn't in the, the Morocco stadium, but even coming through the TV, like. You could sense that from a Morocco scored, Portugal were in that crisis mode, almost like a team that's 1-0 down in a cup tie to a lower league mm. side. And their response isn't to be calm and to be patient. It was to be completely caught up in the moment. Like even before half time, Bruno Fernandes had the penalty shout. Um, but they were so flustered over that. They should have conceded a second on the break before half time. Yeah. Like, you know, they completely mm-hmm. lost their discipline. And across the second half, I mean, that was the thing where it was like, we, we, we are better than this, you know, we, we know we are better than this, and they did have a couple of decent chances in the opening 20 minutes, but I mean, in the last 10-15 minutes, okay, classic again, you know, winner's right to history stuff, I mean, Pepe was presented with a free header um, from close mm-hmm. range, that we say Morocco defended perfectly, but they actually did ship that chance no. if, it, if, it's, if, it's, if it's scored, but in terms of some of the, the Portuguese delivery towards the end, like corners not beating the first man, you know, deliveries like for, for really good tactical players. Um, yeah. They, it was a, a little bit of a bottle job, really. Um, and Morocco have loads of bottle. And I mean, the, 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 the caveat to, to, to square that Pepe point back around in Morocco's favour is that to be fair to them, and you would appreciate this as the, the centre half who knows about like stability within a side and so on. I mean, they've lost their, their first choice central defenders, you know, yeah. and yet they've managed to like, you know, they've lost one of the first choice fullbacks, you know, like key key players. And yet yeah. they they still managed to retain like the same unit to a point. And um, hmm. they deserved it. They absolutely did. Yeah, it, it was it was astonishing to watch players of the calibre of Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, with a, a team like that. I know you've got Ronaldo in the box, so there's an element, there's a sort of a Peter Crouch thing comes into your head of, you know, we've got a great header in the box, let's cross the ball. But they were crossing it from just inside their half at times. There was no element of let's try and, yeah. you know, create something and create good moments. The, the, it's a very niche uh, very niche market. The defensive heading from Morocco was incredible at times. It was height and distance. Every header was Bang. There was not none of those little ones that, you know, dropped to somebody on the edge of the box to smack it in from 20 yards out. Every one of them was, was almost every one of them was brilliant. And it, it, it gets to a certain point where, obviously, there's a, there's a difference judgment of underdogs versus you, you judge them differently. So in terms of possession, no, they didn't, you know, Portugal had more possession, etc. But in terms of actually, you know, chances to win the game or chances to, chances to score... I mean, Morocco had one at the end where they should have scored as well. They should have wrapped it up, won the game 2-0. Um, a very, very little sympathy for, for Portugal. And it was astonishing for a team as experienced as they are. And unlike England, they have they do have players who have 
tournament winning experience, a bit, you know, a bit older, etc. And they were getting the ball and just launching it into the box. It was a bit like if you, it was a bit like the Dutch the previous night, but without being horsed in there to cause absolute yeah. chaos. And like, look, I, I don't. We'll we'll come. We'll talk about Morocco more when we preview the game against France. But in terms of Portugal, like Ronaldo in tears going down the tunnel again, a bit like England. Some people reveled in it. Some people thought, fair enough. You know, if, if you if you break it down, it's his last chance of a World yeah. Cup, etc. He did okay. He he did. He had a good shot. He didn't he didn't blow it. He didn't do anything like that. He had a chance. He had the target. He made a good save. But I was incredibly disappointed with Portugal. And again, they they as you said they. They just peaked too early. Whether they started to believe a bit of their own stuff, because we certainly believed the hype around them, and Morocco again underestimated, and you know made people pay for underestimating them. Yeah, and um, I mean maybe in some ways where they're, they're going to be the anti-Spain, like you know like they're not going to just play around the edges of Morocco and wait for something to happen. So let's get it, let's get it in the mixer. Except as you mentioned, mm-hmm. because they just didn't like they couldn't do it effectively. And yeah, the Ronaldo one, I mean. The camera's always going to follow him, right? Like he he uses that to his advantage when he wants. I I I'd be more leading towards sympathy for him yesterday than and I have no sympathy for him in any other situation of anything that's happened in the last in recent mm-hmm. months. Like, but I still I still believe that when it's the finality of you being finished in that, no matter how vain and narcissistic you are, um, I still you know every every footballer struggles when they become an ex pro, no matter how arrogant. Or you know, conceded they might be, um, it's still a great leveler for them. And knowing it's done, I know I believe that that emotion is is real. You know, um, and, and would he handle He's all that? Coming next pro while still playing. Like yeah, it's yeah. Well, I suppose. I mean, will he ever gain perspective from you know how he handled the tournament? I mean, like who, who knows? You know, like um, you, that's the thing. Maybe not. Um, or maybe you know, did it t- you know? Do you analyze the tears and say, well, is part of it, you know, just like disappointment for yourself, or does part of you know you've actually you've better balls in this competition, really, in some ways, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, as much as yeah, like he was, he was no better or worse than anyone. Like he, 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 he was, you know, in positions, you know, at times, like you know, he, you could say the service was poor. You know, they obviously had that run down the side that uh, three or four years ago. He probably would have turned it into a goal, but I mean, it wasn't even a bad shot that he got away that one as well. You know, it was just you know, yeah, like it was it was a tough one, but um, but yeah, they, like this is the thing. I mean, um, it's knockout football. Like that's the thing. Like it's you, you talk about the World Cup as though it it, it establishes some kind of uh, hierarchy. You know that that it it sort of it it, it sort of sorts out sort of the, the the pecking order of teams, but sometimes it's just no, it's just about like a, a knockout team that really has these, you know, that in a in a moment. And I think I think Gary Breen again referenced Gary mentioned in the column like that the teams can elevate themselves sometimes in the tournament in a way that they'll never do again. Like this is just mm-hmm. this is their perfect moment. Like they're in that sort of harmony that they'll never maybe hit those heights ever again. And like some teams are in that sweet spot right now. Um, and you know, Morocco are just a classic a classic example of that. And, strange because when when brazil lost to croatia there is that maybe lingering sense of disappointment as much as you know disrespectful to croatia but, yeah you know that you don't get the argentina brazil 
Um, France-Portugal would be a better tactical affair, you would think. But I'm I actually strangely coming around to feeling the France-Morocco with all the history, the symbolism, uh, yeah. the atmosphere would be created. Maybe a better semi-final. Like it might be a be- better event than a slightly more sterile France beating Portugal 1-0, which you could easily see happening. I sort of feel like yeah. anything. We'll, we'll preview these games obviously across the week, but I sort of feel like anything could happen, and the, the, like the history contained within that occasion um, is going to be powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always good to be to have teams from different different regions in in the in semi-finals. We France Morocco on Wednesday and Argentina Croatia on Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday to preview those games uh, that was the end of the World Cup and we'll be back as I said on Tuesday to preview Argentina Croatia watch us on YouTube or independent.ie or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts thanks mm-hmm.